Hello, St. Louis, and welcome to the STL Leaders Podcast, hosted by Brian Bisking. Brian started this weekly podcast to give a voice to leaders of our community, to share their story, their journey, and the lessons that they have learned along the way. Brian grew up in a small town outside of St. Louis, where he watched his father run a small business and was always interested in how the leaders in his community got where they are. Whether it's a local business leader, a philanthropist, or a celebrity, these are your STL leaders. Join us today, where we will chat with another pillar of our community on this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast. And now, your host, Brian Bisking. Hello, St. Louis, and welcome to this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Bisking. And on this week's episode, we welcome Seth Miller, Executive Director of VetBiz. But before we get to this week's episode, I want to thank my sponsors. First, NWO IT Services, Synchrony HR, and Grit. And now, to this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast. Seth Miller, welcome to the STL Leaders Podcast. appreciate you joining me this morning. Hey, man. Thank you. I love to be here. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you uh, kind of, you and I connecting, uh, I guess it was a couple of weeks ago and and just chatting about, you know, life and leadership and business. And uh, after talking to you, I was like, man, I got to get you on my show. So uh, glad that you could make some time and, and jump on here with me today. Oh, absolutely, man. Thank you for the invitation. Absolutely. Well, let's, I always start with my guests. Very back in the very beginning, man. Where where'd you grow up? How was what was life like? What led you to kind of where you're at today? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, absolutely. Uh, well, I'm originally from Detroit, right? Uh, Detroit, Michigan, and um, great uh, upbringing, right? For the most part. However, I knew that I wanted more, but did not know what that looked like. And I was a pretty decent uh, student in in high school. However, I really didn't like school. <laughs> So, but I wanted to um, just explore a little bit. And as I was uh, getting older, I would uh, hear different things about the military. And then I talked to some other uh, mentors of mine and they mentioned the Air Force. And I said, okay, well, why not? Right. So in uh, 1998, I enlisted into, you know, the the military, into the Air Force. And um Boy, the, the rest is history, right? It, <laughs> you're talking about a transition from a young kid, right? You know, from the inner city of Detroit. And two years after that, um, uh, connecting with individuals and, and and serving not only in the United States Air Force, but in Egypt out of all places, right? So would never have imagined that. So um, that gave me the opportunity to um, get uncomfortable and get comfortable being uncomfortable of course that's where growth starts and happens and then I I fell in love with uh outside of the experiences I fell in love with uh serving others yeah absolutely well tell us about your time in the air force how long were you in it said you were stationed in Egypt there for a little while what was that like oh well yeah so essentially I did uh, 21 years collectively holy cow 
And don't get me wrong. When I first got in, I said, yeah, I'm only going to do this for four years. So I did that. I said that five times. (laughs) (laughs) And so the uh, Egypt, it was a it was a uh, a military exercise and it's outside. I would say maybe 45 to 50 minutes outside of uh, Cairo. And it was just a, a a conglomerate of different armed forces, just 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 checking out and testing their capabilities in a uh, let's say Middle Eastern area. <clears throat> and so that was a great time. And I only stayed there for about four to five months as I learned my job. So when I first came into the military, my job was uh, services, and that falls in line with cooking, fitness, mortuary affairs, lodging, right? But the way that my uh, recruiter kind of uh, looped me into that at the age of 18, he says, well, hey, have you ever wanted to uh, be uh, an owner of your own club? I'm like, what? Of course. (laughs) So outside of all the other jobs that I was uh, qualified for, that was the one that grabbed my attention. And that never happened to me running <laughs> own club, right? But um, I went from thinking I was going to start my own club or managing my own club to uh, cooking, right? And being <laughs> on a grill and, and you know, cooking for hundreds of people a day. It's, whoa, it was, it was wild. However, I did learn some life skills, right? How to take oh, care sure. of myself, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, and with everything going on in the Middle East right now, it's, uh, you know, my prayers go out to everybody over in the Middle East and Israel. And, um, you know, I support Israel and I just hope that they can figure things out over there. Right. It's, it's not a good situation for anybody, but, uh, I've never been to Egypt. I've always wanted to, I would love to, to go to Egypt. I'd actually, uh, there's parts of the Middle East that I would love to go to someday. Um, Israel is another place I'd love to go just to experience the culture over there. Right. It's very different from here. I, I've been to the Philippines before in my life, which was, uh, a really neat experience. It was a terrible flight getting there. I flew for 23 hours just to get to the Philippines, but it was one of my best friend got married over there. And so I was the best man in the wedding. And so it was a, it was a great experience. And there's to your point, there's just parts of this country that are this world, I should say, that are just, uh, unbelievable that I'd love to explore someday. So I'm sure oh, yeah. that's pretty, pretty cool that you got to see some of those parts. Oh yeah, absolutely. And the other thing too, by traveling around the world, that was my first deployment, but in my career, I deployed six times to different areas of the world. And one thing that um, I became more, that became more clear was how blessed we are. Okay. How, how blessed we are, but also what blessings look like to other individuals. So the things that we take for granted here overseas or in a third world country it's it's like gold yes right? or or the things that we you know just overlook just conversations one-on-one conversations different places in the world they value that right they yeah. really value that so it gave me the opportunity to really expand my thought process of the uh, human connection yeah for sure for sure Let's talk about, you You know, I, I know you're a speaker and I know you're an author. Let's talk a little bit about that. Did you do that while, you know, you're transitioning out of the Air Force or kind of how did all that become to be? Oh, yeah, sure. So I realized as I uh, was 
starting to be more of a supervisor and, and connecting and leading individuals that the most important thing I needed to do was learn how to communicate. But in that transition of learning that, I felt and I learned that there was a missing link in communication. Some people say it's two parts of communication, the sender and the receiver, but the other piece that's missing is the comprehension piece. So that gave me the opportunity to see where I can hone my skills. So uh, have you ever heard of the organization called uh, Toastmasters? Oh yeah, for sure. Right. So I connected with an individual in, in Toastmasters and I went to visit. <clears throat> then I became a member. Then I became an active member to the point where I stepped up and became an officer and then a, you know, executive or not executive, but a uh, uh, up in the ranks for to the president and then to an area director and then to coaching other uh, uh, Toastmaster clubs. And then as I was still in the military, I realized, hey, this is a, a good connection as far as communicating and leading. So before I even left the military, that's when I started writing my book. The book is called The Black Collar Mindset, The Art of Strategic Thinking. And what I do is I take the things that I learned from Detroit to the military, and I've had multiple jobs since then from a cook to being a uh, special plans and programs uh, superintendent and, and manager of an Air Force base and realizing that we're all people, but we have to connect to the passion piece. And when you think about the white collar worker, more clerical, blue collar worker is more industrial. <clears throat> the black collar worker is the individual that when you close your eyes, that's the color that you see so that you can visualize your passion. So how do you operate no matter where you are, but with passion? And that's what I talk about in the book, but then also being able to hold yourself accountable. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Where can we find the book? Oh, yes. You can find the book in on uh, Amazon. It's on Amazon. It's in uh, Walmart and it's on Audible as well. Awesome. Well, I know you also have a podcast. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your podcast uh, that you have <clears> as well? I When we met, you were telling me about it and it sounds like you got a huge following. So I'd love to share that here in St. Louis. Oh, yeah. No, I love it. Love it. And so the podcast, it was birthed with me and a few of my friends. We would always come into my basement and, and just have just different conversations on leadership, growth, development, uh, because we're all at this time senior NCOs in the, in the military. Yeah. And so I had this bright idea, you know, maybe we should just start recording this because we're dealing with the same things. And it's silly for me to assume that we're the only ones. So it went from one microphone and all of us talking around that microphone to me buying more equipment or actually all of us kind of pitching in to having multiple microphones. And then I started in, uh, uh, inviting people to my basement. And then we named the podcast The Lion's Den because I'm a Lions fan. I'm from Detroit <laughs> and it's all started in the basement uh, in my den, the man cave. So Right. That's how it was birthed. But then I got tired of individuals coming in back and forth to my home. Yes. So uh, so we all put in to get a shared space where we took the equipment and we will meet there once a week. And it got so popular that people started to come just to listen. So we had to move outside of that office to the open gathering space and 
we would have a studio audience and it was great, right? And people will come, we have food and things of that nature and have great discussion. And then what happened? COVID happened. Yeah. <laughs> right. COVID happened. But however, our team and me and my team said, look, there's no reason to stop. So we just went virtual. And that gave us the opportunity to not only connect with our viewers and the people that wanted to hear what we had to say, but different guests. So this was almost four years ago. Well, actually, we're going into our fifth year. And so we have a average of 20,000 listeners and subscribers all around. And because it's majority military. And yeah. so we do have guests on from different places of the world. They share it. Right. Or they invite individuals to come on and, you know, uh, listen really cool. to what they have to say. And, and it's just been great ever since. That's really cool. That's really cool. So, again, it's called Lion's Den. I'm sure it's on Apple iTunes or Spotify or anything along those places. Right. Yes. It's called the Lion's Den with Seth. So Lions you have to put with Seth. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> because right. if you Google just the Lion's Den, you may come across an adult superstore so <laughs> you put with Seth. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, we don't want that. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll put the link in the in the bottom of this podcast. So for those who are listening to this show, uh, I'll put a link down there for you can find Seth and, and not find the adult superstore. That would be uh, not right. a good thing for us to find. <laughs> unless you want to, right? I guess, yeah, I guess unless right. you want to, but the, definitely not the point of this show. That's for sure. That's for right. sure. Well, I, you know, I, I started with all that because now I'm really excited. I want, I want to talk to you about VetBiz, right? Which is now the organization where you're the executive director of. So talk to us about what led you to that role. Tell us what VetBiz is um, and how people can just get to know it. No, absolutely. Well, it, it kind of goes into, it goes back to what we were talking about, right? Um, serving individuals. So as I transitioned out the military, it was around 20, 2020 is when I transitioned out. And obviously you had COVID going on and a lot of social unrest. However, I realized that there was things that I could still do, right? I can still do. So for those individuals that were in the military, they know that there is a certain level of servitude that you have to have in order to come into the military, but that doesn't change when you take your uniform off, even for spouses, right? So if you're married or you have kids, when you move and you deal with things in the military and travel, they travel along with you. So as I transition out, I said, wow, I still want to serve, but I don't know how. So I connected with my local VFW that's outside of Scott Air Force Base. So it's the VFW Post 4183. And I just started to go more and then I became a member. And then outside of me being a member, I became the commander of the of the organization. Wow. And it was outstanding. But then I still wanted to give back to that community because when individuals are in the military, there's a part, there's a camaraderie. However, yep, the camaraderie sure. changed when you get out because you're no longer active duty, if that makes sense. So but BFW, that's a place where you can still commune and have that camaraderie. So I would still help individuals out, but I was still working on my own business as far as Seth, the speaker, the author, right? The accountability coach. And I was just connecting with individuals and connecting with other organizations. And one organization uh, that I connected with in the Illinois, state of Illinois, was the VBOC. Right, and representative there. Uh, shout out to him. Um, his his name is. It just went off the top of my mind. Not bringing <laughs> back me all the time. Yeah, yeah. It's so crazy because and you know he's a, an outstanding guy. But nevertheless, 
talked to him, let him know what I was trying to do and told him, hey, uh, I, I just want to continue to serve. And then he said, you know what? I know I, I, I appreciate what you do. And I think we know some of the same people. Hey, how about I come down there and we can meet? And so he did a couple of times. And then and he offered an opportunity for me to meet his counterpart in St. Louis. And I said, no, that's pro that's no problem. I would love to. In the interim of that, I was helping an individual with their resume. So I said, hey, I will come and meet you guys after my meeting and it'll work up, you know, line up perfectly. So met him and met his uh, his counterpart. We had a great discussion. And, you know, that's when she said uh, what well, his counterpart named Darcella, Darcella Craven, she said she said everything that was going on and everything. And then as she was closing up the conversation, she says, well, I will be leaving here pretty soon. And, you know, if you guys know anyone that's interested in this position, send them my way. And I said, well, tell me exactly what you do. She says, well, I'm an advocate for veteran entrepreneurs and with spouses. And she told me the background as far as vet biz and what the VBOC stood for and what they did. And I said, wow, that sounds like what I'm doing for free, right? <laughs> so, and since I was helping this individual with their resume and I had a copy of my resume there, I just opened it up. I said, well, look, let me just put my name in the hat now. That yeah. was in February. And in April, here I am. Wow, that's awesome story, man. That's awesome. So it's going well. How's it going? Keith is his name, Keith. I'm sorry. Keith, there it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So so absolutely it's it's going well. And here's the deal. Went from military, right? To just uh, uh just for profit working on myself and 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 you know, being an entrepreneur to non-for-profit. So again, it's a transition, just like the military. However, what I realize is that people still want to serve. Yes. Right? So yeah. no matter if they were in the military or not, my responsibility is to connect with those individuals to see how we can help them along. So it's transferable skills, even though it's in different lands. And so we go back earlier to me deploying all around the world. The one thing that I saw that was consistent were people were people. And I had to take a step back to see I, how I can help. So this just gives me a great opportunity to do that. So our region within uh, this VBOC, essentially, is Southern Illinois, all of Missouri, and all of Kansas. So there's 2.5 states, <laughs> right, where you have people to learn and people to serve. And so essentially, that's what we do. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. I think that's a great, uh, great organization. And I uh, uh, applaud you for uh, for just getting involved in doing it and wanting to serve the way you do it. it. It tells me that you are definitely a servant leader. That's is that the way you lead organizations and lead people is through servant leadership? You know what? I, I would say that. And I would tell you the other thing that it's not easy is leading by example, but it's necessary. So I have to remember that as long as I'm walking and individuals are following me, it's my responsibility to make sure I'm walking in the right direction. Yeah. Other than that, because I could be a great leader and people follow me off a off a cliff, and I don't want that, right? <laughs> yes. But to your point, being a servant leader is not walking and not knowing who's behind you; it's walking and leading from behind and being a great follower. Yep, absolutely. Well. You know, in my role at Synchrony HR, where I'm the VP of sales, I always try to tell my team, look, I, 
I want to be the leader that when you need me, you call me, I'm here to serve you. So if I got to get a roadblock out of the way, or I got to get you a marketing material, whatever I can do to help you be successful, that's my job, right? My Absolutely. job is to make you successful. Mm -hmm. I'm serving you because without you, I wouldn't be here. Right? right. So I think if you have that kind of a mindset where all you want to do is serve and help, which is why, you know, I kind of consider myself a servant leader, uh, you're going to be successful in that type of role. The leaders that aren't successful, the ones that's all about them, right? Oh, uh, that, that, that think yeah. that it's they're, they're they're in this role because they're the best and they got this ego and blah 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 blah. <laughs> um, you know, those are the people that I'm like, wow, you you just you you missed the point of a leadership. Yep, you don't get it. You, don't. you just missed the whole point of leadership. Um, so, yeah. which is one of the reasons I started this podcast. I said that the coolest thing about this podcast this has taught me. People ask me this all the time, like, you know, what have you learned from the podcast? And I'm like. You know, I've I've interviewed you, my 108th guest I've had on this show, nice. and everybody I've had on the show is either a CEO, an executive director, a leader of some facet. Mm -hmm. They've just taught me how to be a better leader for free. You know there what I mean? I, I, this is instead of reading books, I'm just learning from real people here telling me how they're being successful in their roles. And it's been the greatest thing in the world that's happened to me. And I love to share this with our community in St. Louis and just show people stories and and how they, you know, how they lead their you know team and organization. Um, and hopefully people listen to this show and they they pull something out of that. No, you're absolutely right. And man, you know what? I, I realized that it's an old saying that you don't have to reinvent the wheel. And to your point, there's individuals that are telling you how to do things that you can incorporate if you keep an open mind. Yes. But then also what I add to that is, yes, you don't have to reinvent the wheel, but put your own air in a tire. Yeah. That's your own, put your own season into, into it, but there's nothing new under the sun. So even if you don't know how to do anything or to do the things that you want to do, just ask someone, right? Yeah. Or if not, just take a step back and watch them. Yeah, right? for sure. But no, absolutely. For sure, for sure. Well, South, I appreciate you joining us here this morning. You know, I always end my podcast by asking my guests to leave us with a piece of advice. Mm. Um, and that could be on personal life. That could be on business, leadership, whatever you feel like sharing this morning. Uh, the floor is yours, my friend. All right. Well, thank you. Uh, well, first, I want to say thank you again, you know, for this opportunity. And, and I appreciate your your platform and also your audience. So what I would say, and this is part of my book, it's a section of my book. And uh, I talk about an acronym. The acronym is WAIT. And what that stands for is Why Am I Talking? And it goes back to your last point to understand that, hey, you may not be, the, if you feel as though you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. So if you do a lot more listening than talking, you can grow as an individual, as a leader, as a father, as a parent, as a, you know, a, a wife, whatever, husband, it doesn't matter. But if you take a step back and listen to what the world, what the universe, what God is trying to tell you, then you can grow. And it may be uncomfortable, but that's where growth comes from. So wait, ask yourself, why am I talking right now? I love that. I just literally wrote that down. Uh, I think I could, that's a good piece of advice for me, actually. Sometimes I'm the the one that kind of jumps in and starts talking. It's like, sometimes you just need to take a step back. And you know, yeah. I have a coach that tells me, don't think about what your first response would be. Take a pause. What's your second response? Um, that way you're not just saying the first thing that kind of pops out of your mind, you're kind of taking a step back and thinking, okay, what am, what am I going to say? How am I going to say it? What mm -hmm. tone am I going to use? Mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. because you know, there's a lot of people and then me included, you know, my wife will say something and I'll jump out with a response of some kind and not, instead of just saying, you know, 
taking a step back. How yeah. am I going to, how am I going to handle it? Or even in business itself. So I think that's a great acronym. I think that's a great, uh, great piece of advice today. So Seth, on behalf of myself and the STLers podcast, I appreciate you joining me today. Uh, wish everyone a great Halloween weekend uh, as we go into the weekend. Happy Halloween to everybody uh, and be safe out there. Right on. Thank you.